Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Lance, and I'm super happy to be here, and I'm everywhere as the Night Nerd. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lance, for returning once more to talk about DC films with us. Today we're talking about Suicide Squad, minute 126. Lance, let us know how you feel about Suicide Squad. Oh, uh, let the cat out of the bag early on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, one, it's good to be back. I'm so, so happy to be back. Thank you guys for having me back. But, yeah. you know, I think... I, when I was on Man of Steel, I kind of shocked everybody when I was like, hey, I don't like this movie. Um, mm-hmm. With Suicide Squad, it was really a, a unique experience. When I walked out of the theater, I was like, wow, that was a good movie. I really enjoyed that movie. It was a lot of fun. You know, it was a break from some of the darker stuff that DC had been doing. Mm-hmm. And as it's aged over the, the, the last few years... um. Aside, I mean, I have two minor, well, not minor complaints, but two complaints about it. But other than that, I still really enjoy the film. Uh, As a Marvel guy, I like this movie better than Thor Ragnarok, which is not a popular opinion in the Marvel circles. Yeah, I don't, (laughs) I think that that's, that's quite an opinion, Lance, (laughs) (laughs) but you're, it's, hey, Keep keep going. <laughs> That's why you guys had me on here, is because I just I like to rock the boat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now my I mean, well this minute's a perfect example. Actually, one of my complaints um, in the credits mm-hmm. here, you know, we get Will Smith first because it's it's Will Smith. You know, he's yeah almost exactly. always going to be first. Then we get Jared Leto as second build. Mm-hmm. Um, my complaint there is he's not in the movie enough to be. A character but he's in it yes. too much to be a cameo so he either needed like four less scenes or four more scenes yeah we kind of that's we, what we talked we about, settled yeah. on on pretty much the same the same reasoning it's like you either use him more or you just take out a little bit there was a little bit of too much joker in this movie and now i'm curious since we're in the credits and everything is this supposed to be um like the billing for that um i know it's i know it's not like um in order of appearance um so is it supposed to be top build like it, who, who's getting top paid build. higher now yeah it's top Can build they do that? Uh, just is that like a thing? it well their agents fight for it kind of thing yeah. and then the, the whole all the guilds get you know wrapped up in and you know so this whole placement of whose name comes first and all that like it's it's such an ugly it's like the meta for it is is whack mm-hmm. it's like um and i think we talked about how that line between jared leto's joker being too much or too less comes from like what i think is like it crossed the line when his character shows up in the present day uh part of this movie and it's like once you start to see that Joker is somewhat a part of the the present day struggle in this film, mm-hmm. then that's when you start to question, well, like, okay, well, what is his purpose in the modern day timeline? And it's really just a nuisance because it hardly affects. It's like when you're having a party 
and like you really want to invite Brittany because she's cool as hell. And like you may have worked with her or whatever, but she's still cool. But Brittany's got to bring Jack. And ex-boyfriend. nobody really likes your ja- ex-boyfriend. Oh, ex-boyfriend. Geez. I was thinking they were that's still together. No, ex-boyfriend. That's why the whole flashback. Ex-boyfriend. Okay, mm-hmm. so if Brittany's bringing Jack, the ex-boyfriend, who she still talks with, and she's we, still banging. Well, and I we think, were like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. I think this kind of goes back to uh, something I think that DC does that is really flawed. And that's, they, they don't give us, the viewer, enough credit. I mean, that's why we've seen Batman's origin. This is the first film with Batman in it, that we don't see Batman's origin. And, yeah. you know, with the Joker, they're just like, oh, hey, people like the Joker. We think he's, he's popular. Everyone loved Heath Ledger, but this isn't Heath Ledger's. But still, here's the Joker, because you can't have a DC villain movie without the Joker. I'm, he's DC's biggest villain, you know. As much as, personally, I love Lex Luthor and Darkseid and Riddler, a lot of the other villains... Joker is just so iconic that for the sake of t-shirts and other merch, they're going to put the Joker in here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whether so I have a question. Um, with that idea in mind and relating it to relating, relating it to Marvel, who are some of the top build villains that you can think of? Is like right off, boom, top of your head. It's, it's, always, it's always Magneto. Yeah, that's it's, just you personally. Just, so, oh. what do you think? Uh, broad general, what do you think? Like the broad audience, who would they choose? Now, would I mean, obviously Thanos, just because of the movies and everything like that. Now, well, Loki but, too now because of the okay, movies. Okay, so so Loki would probably be more fit because one because of the movies. But think back to like you know just regular comic books. I mean, you always have Doctor Doom is up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as comics, Doctor Doom. Magneto, um, Apocalypse, even I would say, because yeah. of the just the generation, you know, because of the age of Apocalypse in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and then almost any Spider-Man villain I would put up: Doc yeah. Ock, Green Goblin, uh, even Sandman. I mean, we're getting Mysterio in a movie, and that yeah. nobody ever—if you would have told me twenty years ago, ten years ago—I would have lost money on that bet because mm-hmm. I would have never put Mysterio in a movie. So. I think almost any Spider-Man villain, um, like I said, for the X-Men, you're going to have Magneto and Apocalypse and then Doctor Doom. You know, it's weird because you look at, like, the Flash, who has his rogues gallery. And Mm -hmm. with the exception of maybe Captain Cold, none of them really out-trump the other one. Mm -hmm. Batman, though, he has the Joker Mm -hmm. and then Bane probably right underneath that and then a lot of really other great i i guess use video game terms like those are his s level villains mm-hmm. and then he's got some yeah. a level villains um you know your riddlers two-face uh mr freeze which even mr freeze is only because of the animated series yeah and then he drops off to a bunch of d-list villains like condiment king and stuff um but, yeah, but really in DC, that, like you said, it's it's the Joker or bust as far as the mainstream audience is concerned. And even the comic mm-hmm. book audience. Yeah. Batman definitely seems to have... I feel like we've talked about this. He's like got the villains. Like majority DC villains coming from Gotham. Yeah, it's um his rogues gallery. The you know the Marvel equivalent is Spider Man's rogues gallery. Yeah, I would. They, yes, I would say. I think the reason that those two properties have have become um more important than the than who owns them like dc or marvel like 
those two characters stand outside those those regulations that the other properties have to abide by um and it's because the rogues gallery defines them because when you think of joker or when you think of batman there i just did it now yeah, you think, you of, think of batman you think of all the other villains and and crazy characters that exist and it's like you know them just as well and the same thing goes for spider-man where you know all those all of them every single villain that spider-man has faced it's like it's become so popular that they can do video game after video game of those characters because they everyone's mind is just like oh wouldn't it be cool if spider-man fought this one and that one but that mindset you can't have a sinister six movie they At tried. least not yet. We tried. We almost did. Yeah, we tried, which <laughs> I was so on board for. I, I was waiting for it, but I think I think what what works um, or or what has to work for the villains to become memorable is you need you need that villain to be both successful in comic book and movie, and so the reason Thanos is like this big pop culture character now whether you read comic books or not like you know who thanos is because like he was in this giant marvel like event like it mm-hmm. like from from avengers 2012 to uh you know until Endgame now like 10 years of or eight years of movies and it's like you've known this very powerful character to exist he's victorious at one point it's like this huge event with this character and so people know him now both comic book and movie in a very successful way. It's another reason why I think Magneto is another great character is because he's been great in comic books, but he's also been played by two great actors in film and people have grown to love that character. The unfortunate thing about Dr. Doom, because I think Dr. Doom deserves a hell of a lot of respect. It just hasn't popped off on, on film yet. Like I don't think people have left a fantastic four film and gone damn, Dr. Doom is the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it just hasn't happened yet. And I think, unfortunately, that kind of needs to happen. Like, you need... We've had great Dr. Octopuses on, on uh, film, both in Spider-Verse and um, Spider-Man 2. Raimi. Yeah, and then, like, Joker has been... You know, in my opinion, Joker has been fa- fantastically portrayed in every iteration mm-hmm. as, as time has evolved. Um, and even if you have your qualms against Jared Leto's Joker, you're still talking about him three three years later. He's still a Joker. He's yeah. Yeah. We still talk about him to this day. So there's it. It really for a a villain to stand the test of time, they really got to do that. Just be that successful in in any form of pop culture. So so I um, have a, a I guess a hot take on my opinions of DC that I want to ask you guys. Talking about all this. I think that given the ups and downs and downs and downs and ups of the DCEU with both Suicide Squad and um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie, I personally would love to see DC make villain movies. Like, don't focus on the hero. Give us a Joker movie. Give us a Lex movie. Give us a Freeze, a Dark Side, everything like that, and build up. Because even then, you know, you could have your Earth villains fight Darkseid and Apocalypse and stuff. Um, I mean, it's, it's happened in the comics numerous times and everything, and I think that would help kind of set them apart from Marvel, and people would stop comparing, oh, well, 
Dawn of Justice versus Justice League, the, or I mean, versus Avengers. You know, there's so many differences, even though they're supposed to be different, but the masses don't see it that way. I think, it, like I said, if DC would just make villain-focused movies, make your villain your main characters, uh, I, I would watch that. I think it would be something kind of cool and unique and different. And like we said, all these villains, you know, you have some great villains. And even then, with the movie culture, because uh, look at Iron Man. Iron Man was arguably a B-level at best superhero when the movies came about, but he was the only one that they had the rights to. And now he's Marvel's biggest character. So if you have the right actors and writers and directors, you can make some really awesome villain movies. Uh, I mean, I just what do you guys think about DC going all villain? Uh, well, there <laughs> there is this Brightburn movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's out, and uh, we've Nate, Nate and have, have I talked about it, and uh, we were like, first of all, should we see this? I was like, do you want to see this movie? And then I was like, wait a minute. Do we like the two of us? Do are we expected? And like to, a professional standpoint, yeah. Like, I was we, like, do we have to watch this? I was like, kind of <laughs> like, because it's it's obviously not a Superman movie, and it's not, but it is. It's not directly a um, Ultraman movie, but we were thinking like, is there a demand from our listeners and stuff to have an opinion on this movie? Go see it and be like. Hey, we're comic book nerds. I want to see it. I really. I, wanna, do, I think it looks I, awesome. I do want to see it, and I'm part of me is like. Hey, if this could actually spawn its own shared universe, I would be about that. Mm-hmm. Because if there's, if Brightburn turns into like, oh well, now Owlman's and it's, it, and we've got Superwoman and Johnny Quick is this drug addict speedster. Like, part of me is like, yo, I want to see this. Yeah, <laughs> I would very. I would. I'm with the. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. No, I haven't seen it. But see, I have seen it, of, but I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, you're not wrong, I guess. It's yeah. about all I'm going to say. Um, that's good. That's my favorite Justice League uh, yeah. nemesis is the crime syndicate. Yeah, I've always loved that concept. They, they're on a completely different level of any other villain in DC. Um, but for the standpoint of DC movies going more villain and having more movies like Suicide Squad, of course I would be into it. Um, this Birds of Prey one, I think it's going to be teetering that line. Um, anti-hero type thing. Uh, I think Aquaman was kind of close because Aquaman, it kind of starts off with like, uh, I guess you kind of feel because because Aquaman didn't help Black Manta. You're kind of like, man, this guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. And then Black Manta's like, yo, this guy's a dick. Yeah. And I'm going to go kick his ass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh. Yeah. But then Am you have I the scene in the bar where he's all buddy, buddy. You know, you get those big tattooed biker guys and you think they're going to have a fight and then they just have a drink fest. Yeah. yeah. And they just want to party. Um, I mean, I was expecting the whole talking to the lobster and having the bar fight and, you know, him getting not cut by the knife kind of thing. But hey, that's beside the point. I would very much like to see DC villains uh, come to prize. But with that, like we were saying before, a few minutes ago, majority of DC villains are tied to Batman and Gotham. So having a whole movie where they're just like, you know, in Gotham doing their thing, causing a ruckus or whatever, I would be 100% on board with that. If you make it small and it's not a big grandiose battle kind of thing. Like you don't have some crazy witch with a giant sky beam destroying other satellites and ships across the world. Take that out. Give me street level people. 
It was another thing that I really liked out of Marvel, like the Defenders and stuff. That's some of my favorite property of Marvel because it's street level. It, it, there's not aliens flying around. It's not like giant spaceships coming into the atmosphere and destroying New York City. No, it's just they're they're doing their thing in their cities. It's just a literal kingpin yeah. with like Asperger's. Exactly. And it's, and it's I, like, whoa. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy that kind of depiction. Um, so if DC wants to tackle the more lesser known type of underground thing and even have characters that we can relate to and it's when you when you question like captain cold you question are they really that bad or are they just trying to better themselves in their own way and then you just go from there was that a little was that a little rough uh no i was just thinking i'm trying to i'm trying to uh, not to talk about this joker film (laughs) oh yeah true okay so take the joker film as well that's a movie that i imagine will be very close to home in the sense of joker living on the streets of gotham and that's what i'm going to be looking at i'm not going to be looking at joker grabbing a giant blimp with his face on it and gassing everybody i'm not going to be looking at joker uh pulling out an elongated six shooter and a little bang flag comes out you know it's not going to be him toying with another character that dresses up like a bat and jumps across rooftops if the joker is going to be here give me joker on the street and that's what I'm really hoping for. Well, and that's the the good slash bad thing about DC is, you know, they've been around for 80 years in the comics. So you've seen every iteration of every character. And we've seen that on screen a lot with Joker. You know, we've had the crazy Romero Joker. We've had the mobster Nicholson Joker, Leto, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's. And so you can tell, I mean, there's source material out there for street level. I mean, we've seen... Every character either, I mean, if they have powers, lose their powers and be on the street. One of the best, um, the most acclaimed story arcs was the hard-traveling heroes with Green Lantern and Green Arrow, where they just went on a road trip across Mm -hmm. America, you know? And so here you have intergalactic space cop just riding in the car on Route 66, you know? And so the, the grounded... It all comes back to, I wouldn't even say grounded, just humanizing these characters. Yeah. You know, um, because more than likely, you and I aren't going to go fight a giant witch with a space beam. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know what you guys, but where I'm at, we don't have a lot of that. It's so, not my schedule. Yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, we might know, okay, we've seen people get mugged or maybe, uh, unfortunately, somebody has been mugged. You know, if it's more relatable situations... It's just that you relate to that character, and so you have more empathy for them. Um, you cheer for them maybe a little more or hate them a little more because you've been on the opposite end of what they're doing. And as much as I'm not a fan of the work, I think that's one of the reasons that the killing joke has resonated for so long is because that, you know, like you said, that's not Joker with a blimp or anything like that. That's just Joker being a horrible, horrible human being. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's very interesting like as we move forward and and you know this was this was Warner Brothers first crack at being like what if the bad guys were the were like the protagonists like what if we focused on them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we have this film that's kind of like a sampler platter of all these DC villains that that comic book people have, have you know we've enjoyed them for a while and they're like bringing it to screen and so a lot of people are um like yeah, Will Smith is in the movie, but 
this is the first time people are learning about Deadshot. Not Deadpool, not Dead Deathstroke, but like this is Deadshot. This is another character. Um, and then we introduce Harley Quinn, which people have already grown to love Harley Quinn because she started in television. But now it's like a live action movie performance. So it's like you have that character. And then now we move forward where it's like there's a Joker solo film. And then later on, there's New Gods, which is going to talk about all these apocalypse, you know, characters. So as we move forward away from the original Justice League plan, they're starting to talk about these other characters. And, and, and normally what makes a good villain is, is some sort of, hey, you started off on the right foot, but now you're a villain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of also worked so well with Aquaman's Ocean Master was that you're like, hey, this Orm guy is not wrong, but he's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and so. to to take it back, I think that's why all of the Spider-Man villains work so well because they're all, you know, the lizard. He's like, oh, well, I'm just trying to heal my arm. You know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. regrow limbs. And Doc Ock, you know, oh, well, I'm trying to you know, create clean energy or yeah, you know, and it just it all goes south for him. So mm-hmm. yeah, eventually, eventually they say, I don't want to cure cancer. I just want to turn people into dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. Uh, in this minute, we're also looking at... So this is um, the end of the film where, like, I guess all comic book movies start to do this now. And we talked about it last week. but With their stylized they, they, uh, they, ending. They do, like, this stylized ending uh, credits. And um, it usually features, like, a song that was kind of not exactly written for the movie. But it's, like, the it is the flagship song, licensed studio song for the film. Um, and I was telling Nathan last week that this is this was the movie like that I had first kind of noticed this kind of thing because Heathens was such a big song to pr- promote this movie, and this is like the Suicide Squad remix version of this song, and you have this big CGI like. Well, yeah, this is the this first one with this show. type of uh, credit ending because we didn't get it in Man of Steel, we didn't get it in Dawn. And it's we... the first time I noticed it in this cinematic universe, but I, I'm not sure if when this trend started but lance do you do you uh iron man did it it? Mm, very first iron man it's it's been a marvel thing uh because they played the the black sabbath iron man song and had the big bombastic credits and everything and uh like they do and that's one thing i marvel i will say does really well i like their end credit scene and this the suicide squad you know now, to correct me if I'm wrong, but the team that edited Suicide Squad, it was their first time to edit a feature-length film. They'd only done, like, trailers and yeah. in The company is literally before. called Trailer House. Yeah, so it's the like, first time they did the full movie. They did the they did the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer, and it was basically Warner Brothers was like, You got the job! <laughs> you want to do the whole movie? And so, you know, something like this, like a, a credit scene is... A trailer, so I think that's why it is so strong and stands out there. Um, you know, the art direction that came in, because this movie, it, it's weirdly colorful for where the DC universe was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still kind of muted and has its dark tones, but the, with these, oh, I feel so cheesy saying this, but these colorful characters, they have a lot of, you know, they're colorful both 
figuratively and literally. Uh, and so it really helps make it all pop. And they all, by the end of it, I mean, I'm looking over at my board here. And when this movie came out, I worked at Best Buy. And we gave away these little pins that had, um, like, each character kind of designed a logo with a skull. And yeah, yeah. They, uh, I mean, that's how iconic they made these characters. And um, so it made for that good thing. And then, this, like you said, the, the soundtrack, this was, you know, kind of, you had Guardians of the Galaxy uh, just right before this where it was like, oh, you can have a sound, you know, go back to the old Raimi Spider-Man days, the Daredevil movie days where we have a soundtrack that has rock music on it that has music people want to hear. Uh, I mean, like radio style music, I guess is the best way to say that. Mm-hmm. And the because um, here in a couple of minutes we get the uh, "Sucker for Pain" song too, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that was one of the things after I saw this movie. I was like, "Man, I need to, I need to get a hold of this soundtrack because it's great." And uh, again, yeah. I would uh, with the director and the editing studio and everything. You know, they had music video and trailer experience, so. For the course of four or five minutes, they can tell a really great story and do some really cool things. And I think that's... Uh, I'm trying to think if any of the films since this in DC... Well, Wonder Woman, I think, did this. Um, the, oh, they, they've, they've all, all done, done it. it. They've all done it since. Uh, I can't speak for Justice League because I don't remember. But... And I don't know if it did, but I definitely Wonder Woman definitely had... It had this cool kind of like um, like soldering type effect that was going on in the credits where it was like the shield. Soldering like metal? Like there was like sparks and stuff. Like, okay. Because it was like the lasso was spinning and it was like. Oh, yeah. These, there was the like, sparks. And, there was yeah, like sparks yeah, effects and there yeah. was like the shield sparks effects. So there was a lot of things that Wonder Woman's end credits were doing where it's like the song called Action Reaction was playing and it was like doing like this crazy effect. Um the Shazam then, ending is super problematic, but also awesome at the same time. How? Why? Why do you say problematic? Because you know now that it's more than likely, you know, that we we know that the Justice League plans are uh, not in place anymore, and we know that they are branching away from that. But here in his end credits, it's like, oh hey, here's the Justice League, and they're all hanging out. And I mean, I know it's just like little doodles in a kid's book, but at the same, you know, that it infers that, hey, Shazam's hanging out with Batman. Hey, he knows Wonder Woman. Hey, he, he knows all of these characters and stuff. But he, we don't know that we'll ever see him actually cross over again on the big screen. And so mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. it's a rough tease. You know, it, it kind of hits in the heart because, you're like, man, I would, I want to see all these characters together. I want to see whether it's. Ben Affleck or Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson or whoever, I want to see Zachary Levi like have a conversation with Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm okay with it being a tease. Um, I, th- I I thought it was very bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. I I think I I think I'm okay with this um, period of DC with the actors and everything like that, um, this Justice League period of DC, I'm perfectly okay with it moving on to other 
properties and not focusing on Justice League team-ups, not taking like the Marvel Avengers side of it, where they all have to meet up at the end, where it is supposed to be, you know, eight years of movies all wrapped up into one type thing. I know that Wonder Woman's coming out with a second one. It's still Gal and everything like that. Um, But, you know, the Superman and the Batman thing, like, yes, it's problematic, but I'm okay with it just lying where it is. I'm fine that they exist now. It'd be great to see more of uh, Ben Affleck as Batman and Henry as Superman. It would be absolutely great. But I'm okay with it just being that. I'm okay if Shazam is, like, supposed to be, like, you know, the end, the last one in the timeline, where it's, like, it does show the end credits with Shazam and all the League hanging out, but we never get to see it. It's just inferred that Shazam does get to hang out with the Justice League. I'm okay that we don't get to see it. Is that rough? No. No, I just mean, I know a lot of nerds right. are probably angry because they, uh, uh, they... Nerds get angry at me on the daily <laughs> No, not basis. at you. Just, like, they get mad in general when they don't see it because I know... Yeah, was, of course they get mad if you don't see it, but be okay with what we got. Yeah, I think that was one of the things we talked about with um, Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice was that, like, no matter what, those films exist, mm-hmm. and it's like they can't take that away from exactly, us Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's the way I feel about it. Well, and I think with in-game, um, I was having a talk with some of my friends. In-game, uh, and I was movie Lance was not a fan of in-game. Comic book Lance loved in-game, but that's a whole other thing. In-game kind of ruined uh, the, the this whole idea of shared universe because there's no way anyone, uh, DC or Marvel... You can't recreate that. That is a huge yeah. decade in the making event that will never happen again. And so, don't try. So yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I kind of agree with you there. Like, hey, just just tell their stories. And you know, if we see a red streak run by, oh, that was the Flash. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to. You don't have to have the crossover all the time. As much as people have come to expect it. And uh, in, this kind of goes back to my DC doing villains thing, you know, forget expectations, you know, go against expectations. That's how you mm-hmm. do something like nobody expected a decade long story told over 23 films. Like mm-hmm. go against what people expect. And so, yeah, if it if that was kind of the cap of it. Um, I don't know how we went from 21... Oh, this is my fault. From going from... Talking about no, 21 no, 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 no. You're, 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 you're fine. It's like these comic book movies were, were almost like their own space race. And, hey, Marvel just happened to get there first. Big deal. Yeah, Live with it. It's, we'll, get to, we'll, get to, we'll get to the moon in, in due time. We'll, we'll put some bases there. We'll have a little hangout area. Maybe a, maybe a ping pong table. A couple vending machines. But Marvel's there. They claimed it. They got their flag. They're doing some moon rock experiments. And we just got to go and... And check it out a few years later. Well, I think yeah. it, kinda, it ties up like everything we've been talking about. Um, DC's been around longer, you know. I, I talked about how Iron Man was a no-name character for all practical purposes. Like DC, Warner Brothers especially feels like you have to have Batman and/or Superman, and maybe Wonder Woman or Joker in a movie for it to be successful. Um, the thing is, you know, like I mentioned, there's been so many different stories told that everybody has a favorite story with those characters. And you can't 
fit all of those into one film. So having, if DC wanted to do something like Marvel, they would need to get, you know, start a franchise with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold and, you know, like these B and C list characters that people aren't, I mean, I love Booster Gold, but most people don't Mm -hmm. even know who Booster Gold is. But, you know, that's, that's why Marvel worked is because it's like, okay, here are these characters that, You've seen, you may kind of know, but they're not the X-Men. They're not Spider-Man. They're not the Fantastic Four. Uh, and I mean, Fantastic Four is a great example of, hey, no, we love these characters. Tell the story we want to hear. And it didn't work. So I think that's the problem is, and, and Warner Brothers is doing this on the comic book end of things. They're, they, yeah, they just pulled Tom King off of Batman. Yeah, um, I heard about that. Because... A lot of, because he just came out like a week ago and was like, yeah, hey, my final 15 issues changed the status quo of Batman maybe forever. And Warner Brothers was like, whoa, 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 we can't change the status quo of Batman. He, That's why we see his origin all the time. Like, we have to tell this, I hate to say generic Batman story, but, you know, they that's the problem is Warner Brothers just wants to use the same few characters in the same few stories when that's again that that's what people expect they expect you to have a batman movie and we see thomas and martha and we see the pearls and blah 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 no like yeah. I said, give me blue beetle give that's why i love young justice so much is a lot of those characters are i mean they're all sidekicks but a lot of them are lesser known characters so i think if if DC wanted to try and kind of reset and um, well, I know you guys watch doom patrol and doom mm-hmm. patrol. Look what it's doing. You know, people are loving it. And eight months ago, I guarantee you 90% of the people that watch doom patrol couldn't name all those characters. They didn't know them all. <laughs> yeah. We that's probably to... true. It's very, yeah, true. it's very true. So that's, I mean, that's what I think, you know, to, to kind of, bring it all back is if DC they obviously have the talent they have the characters they have the library but they're too dependent on certain characters and certain things that they need to get out of their bubble until you know give me um, I'm trying to Martian Manhunter give me a Martian Manhunter movie all day yeah and I think that's like what people consider success uh, th- this is where it varies because like, in my opinion, like what I would deem successful is, is seeing these characters even get a movie or a TV show, some form of live action media because Doom Patrol TV show is a thing that exists now. Dude, even a script, even if someone writes a script for some of these like B characters, that's, that's still time and effort. Yeah. And it, the fact that like this, a studio would green light something like that to me is successful. The fact that Wonder Woman got a film finally is successful. The fact Suicide Squad got a film, Doctor Strange got a film, um, you know, like we're going to get like like Captain Marvel got a film. And it's like to me that's success. Um, and I think for some people their success is that a certain Batman story get told or that Superman finally fights Brainiac on live action like yes, that's very cool, but Booster Gold. But uh a Green Lantern core film, mm-hmm. but like, you know, how about, uh, 
I don't know, we go to Apocalypse and we just deal with what Darkseid and Orion are bitching about now. And it's like, or, you know, Merrick, uh, Scott Free. It's like, what if, what if we got into those things? And to me, that's where success really is. Uh, but then, again, for other people, the success is in the money. Like, sure, we'll do whatever comic book these nerds will pay up, pay up for. And it's like, if they're not, if we're not going to support Shazam because we're mad about other DC stuff, and it's like, okay, but you're hurting the chance for anything else to happen when you're not supporting things like an Aquaman film mm-hmm. and Shazam. And it's like, that that's, to me, I think, where the success is. Well, I, I read an article the other day that Disney is considering in-game a disappointment. Because it didn't beat Avatar? It, pretty much, yeah. I mean, and that's the world we live in where uh, my, my friend Colby and I talk about it a lot. That if a movie doesn't make a hundred million dollars opening weekend, it's a flop, and th- yeah. that's just hard to wrap my brain around. Because, like you said, there's so many other definitions of success. You know, all, all these great indie movies that are out there that were shot, like *Brightburn*, was shot for six million dollars, I think, or you know, real small budget. Damn, really? I, that's what Wikipedia said, but. <laughs> We know how accurate that is, but I hey, I trust it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's there's just so much more out there. So yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, if we see a script, or especially, I hope, I hope the Marvel shows on Disney Plus do well, and Disney and sorry, Warner Brothers takes note because they already have Titans and Doom Patrol. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, give and us Swamp Thing other, next week. Yeah, uh, that is dropping that looks really good i'm really excited about that one too yeah maybe we'll get more stuff like that we're getting a star girl series so yeah yeah yep they Mm -hmm. they know they can do it they just don't want to take the big leap i guess and put it on the big screen Uh, and again i think that has to do with warner brothers not having faith in us as moviegoers Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, for whatever reason i don't know they, but they just they just don't yeah and i think yeah that's i guess that's what's disappointing with dawn of justice is that some people will see it as the big dc movie that didn't make a billion dollars but in my mind it's like okay but this is the movie that got us a wonder woman movie so it's like to me that's like again going back to that success story it's like how are you going to define its success it's like Oh, well, it didn't make a billion dollars. It's not successful. It's like, okay, whatever you say, man. If that's like, like you're, you don't see any of that money. So, what do you actually care about? And like, you also had Batman and Superman on screen together. Yeah. With Wonder time. Woman. Yeah. Fighting Doomsday. Like, that's just. Say what you will about, like, the, you know, it's the like, CGI a, yeah. or whatever the hell you want to oh, call it. Oh, don't even, or anything don't like even go no, after no, the exactly. CGI. But I will say fight what you will <laughs> about that. The sole fact is that there is a script that exists and was shot. That exists that you can go to, to the store and buy and watch this movie of the Trinity fighting Doomsday. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's like some anime level stuff. Yeah. Like it exists. So we're just live with it. I think when we talk about like these cinematic universes and it's like, oh, well, like no, nothing's ever come close to Endgame. Um, the only thing like the only competitor and I don't even think of it as competitor. It's just like it's kind of done it before and it, it's there's no reason it can't work again. Pixar. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I was thinking of uh, this whole Godzilla monster verse thing oh, okay. of like they've introduced this hollow theory that these mm-hmm. kaiju live underground, but they can come up any moment. They're like battling for dominance, and it's like it sets itself up for like just any monster movie scenario to happen, and it's like I'm kind of interested in seeing where all this kind of goes. He's fighting and so King it doesn't Kong in the next one, I think. If I remember yeah, and right. it doesn't have to be like this end game thing. It just has to have like I don't know this maybe this end cap of this destroy all monsters type movie. And it's like it's just it's just fascinating to see the this type of uh, monster universe. Like get big budget film. So um, it's just been very interesting for me to watch it. But eventually. I don't know. I, I can't speak for DC films, but um, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying not to talk about Justice League at no, all. No, that's fine. So, that's fine. Um, Is there anything else in this minute that you wanted to talk about? Just, I, I like the end credit thing. Yeah. I, I really do. I think the, I think the song itself, the marketing for this film continues in this end credit scene. We kind of talked about it, but it's like, the marketing for this film was probably the best, the strongest part for it because of the trailer house and all that. That's like, this is what they're great at. And it's like, this music is fantastic. Um, like you can question the film if you want. We obviously did for more than a hundred episodes. And it's just, when you get to this and you get to see every character and celebrity get their little title card sequence, it's pretty cool. It's like it's very entertaining to watch over and over again. Um, I like that. Ike Barinholtz got one. Yeah, that felt good. <laughs> it is just kind of like it's like the movie could have been better, but then you get these moments, or even the soundtrack, and you go, "This is so good." <laughs> I don't know. It's just fantastic to me. Yeah. Um, but what we'll do is we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCE Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listeners Society, where you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minute you're catching up on. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 127 of Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs>